coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. We regret to inform you that this episode has been canceled and will be retooled by Retro Studios. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We have got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including, of course, the Metroid Prime 4 news. And then on Thursday, come back because we are going to be talking about Nintendo games that should have been canceled. I promise that we've got a more positive uh, spin on it than just should have been canceled. <laughs> right, Mark? We have a slightly <laughs> yeah, more positive. We do. Okay. We do. <laughs> Because we're, I mean, we're just sunny people. It's inevitable. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, do you consider yourself a sunny person? I mean, I think we are both in our own way, like little orphan Annie. Mm, that, yes, we know things might be bad right now, uh-huh. but things will be better tomorrow. We both have dogs that we found um, in a dumpster that were being bullied. I'm trying to remember exactly how Sandy came into her life, but we both have shocking red hair. If nothing else. Right. I, I, I don't know what you've been picturing as you've been listening to this show, but shocking red hair and adorable little red dresses. <laughs> I mean, we're really cute. We are so cute. Also, we are men in our 30s. We have you giant can be hands. Both. We can be both. Yeah. We can be both. <laughs> You're right. Mark, I'm sorry. Of course we can be both. Um, you can also be both if you would like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces. This is a bad transition. The worst I've ever done. I love it. Okay, if you would like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, here's something you need to know. It came back to me. We did it. The system works. The system works. My faith in mankind has been restored. It is here. The sun will come out (laughs) tomorrow. I love you, Sonic Warbucks. Uh, So he's... Look, this game is going to go out to whoever... Not whoever emails me next. There's a list at this point, but you can put your name on this list. All you need to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com with your mailing address, and we send this thing to you. You play it. That's fun. It costs you nothing. It does. Mark, it costs you nothing. That is 100% correct. Um, here's something that you can do, something else you can do that costs you nothing. You can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We genuinely appreciate it. Uh, yeah, we, uh, look, we bring up the reviews and we read them to each other and we giggle and we, you know, brush our <laughs> bright red hair together and have a wonderful time. Uh, but you can give us a five-star review just like Courtwag44 did. Uh, thanks, Courtwag44, um, who found us through Teen Creeps. Which is a great place to find us through. That's because I'm on there a lot and Mark's been on there. Um, all right, here's something else you need to know. And this one could cost you some money. Uh, in the month of March, we're going to do a whole month of weird retro sequels. Mark, what do I mean? It, exactly what you said. Thank you. We have picked four sequels that are weird in their own way. Mm-hmm. And each week in March, we're going to be playing one of them, and then talking about it. <clears throat> yes. Excuse me, talking about it. Mm-hmm. And we would love you to participate with us. Yeah, so the, for the very first one of these, on uh, March 7th, we are talking about Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, which, of course, you can find on your um, NES Classic Edition, on your Nintendo Switch Online, on the 3DS, on the Wii U Virtual Console. Basically, anywhere you can find a game, you can find Zelda 2 at this point. 
Um, and then on the 14th, we're going to be doing uh, Mario Land 2, six, gold co- six Golden Coins, which is available on the 3DS Virtual Console. On the 21st, we're going to be playing Star Tropics 2, Zoda's Revenge. This one, by far the hardest to get. We're lucky that Patrick has it on his Wii Virtual Console that he can play through the Wii U. That's right. Uh, and uh, if you also bought it at some point or still have points and are listening to this the day it comes out, you can, you can, you've got one more day to buy this thing. Yeah. And then the Wii Shop is gone forever. Well, you can't buy it. You have one more day That's to right. download it. To, to spend your points on it. Yes. If you, if you already spent money on points and you have the points and you were waiting until literally the last minute, you could download Zoda's Revenge, Star Tropics 2 or Star Tropics 2 Zoda's Revenge. I'm not sure which one is the subtitle. And then we'll be closing it out on March 28th with Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest available on the 3DS Virtual Console and the Wii U Virtual Console. So play along with us, send in your thoughts, um, and we're going to play... Some some weird games. Some yeah, some real weird, weird retro games. All right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Uh, it, it seems to me that you and I are creatures of habit that have fallen into now some pretty comfortable routines. Uh, I am still playing through Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze on my Wii U, um, and I am still playing it the slow plotting way where I beat a level and then I immediately go right back into it so I can collect all the letters and all the puzzle pieces. Who is your... Are you playing just Donkey Kong? Are you pl- like... Who are your characters of choice? Yeah, who who am I going to uh, most frequently? Um, I would say uh, Dixie's my number one. Yeah, Dick, Dixie's Dixie's great in this game. Having that little extra, like that little bit of height at mm-hmm. the end of her jump, is is very useful because she. I think she'll get as far as Diddy with his little jetpacks, but like she, he doesn't have the that extra vertical. Um, but I also find myself going to Cranky a lot, um, especially as I'm like trying to collect stuff like there are a lot of just spiky areas that it is useful to be able to like get down there and actually like bounce off them with his little pogo stick how how far are you into the game just the third island at I'm, this point i mean that's pretty far if you're doing if you're everything, trying to get yeah. everything um and let me tell you uh what i am doing to get everything squawks the parrot you do you know about squawks the parrot i can't remember what does he do he, oh my like, gosh he, does he oh my gosh uh, does he show you where stuff is so squawks uh, when you uh, have the squawks the parrot item you use it at the beginning of the level and he appears in the lower left hand corner of the screen just sort of like sitting on a branch and when you are near a puzzle piece squawks gets excited um and he's like and so he makes a little noise and you can see him like looking around he doesn't ever move and he doesn't show you where a puzzle piece is but he just shows you that one is nearby and if it's one of those things where you have to like collect all the bananas like in a certain amount of time he'll get more excited as like you get closer to it mm-hmm. so like by the end when you just have like one more banana to collect he's like stomping around on his branch and like waving his wings around he loves it he's so excited that you're gonna get a puzzle piece and then uh you do and then he calms down um so first of all i just like having a character on the screen cheer for my success <laughs> that's incredible all games whether or not it's meant to like tell you that there is something awesome about to happen or a secret there should just be a character on screen who's happy for you doing well that's great but second of all it turns a game that is you know fairly impenetrable in, in a lot of ways like if you're trying to actually 100 
and makes it doable. Yeah, because it can be frustrating going through those levels multiple times, just being like, what am I yeah, missing? Where is it? And, you know, usually on my first run, I will get, you know, a little bit more than half of the puzzle pieces. And then when I go back through it, then I'll usually get all but one or two. And it's that, like, one or two that would be very frustrating to actually find on my own. But having Squawks there, you know, you still have to, like, earn it and you still have to figure out why he's excited. Um, but, yeah, it's it has uh, changed the way I experience that game. And I, I used to think Squawks the Parrot was, like, a throwaway Donkey Kong friend. If we were to do, like, a ranking of Donkey Kong friends... And that's not a bad idea. Yeah, wait, we probably All will right, at some I'm, point. All right, I'm just saying Squawks is going right to the top for me. Because <laughs> he's happy for my successes. And Mark, who in this world is? No, that's fun. That's really fun. I've n- I have never used him in all my time playing Tropical Freeze. I, I mean, he's it's it's almost a like a like an easy mode, um, but not really. It's like an easy for like 100%ing it. Um, and it should just be an option that you can turn on. Like, do you want Squawks to help you? Because it's it's perfect. I think it makes the game worlds better, and it is a, a buried little secret. So I've been playing Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Happy to say that I finally unlocked every character. Yay! Um, there, I had less to unlock than I thought I did, and part of that was the way that what is it like seventy four characters, seventy three or whatever are counted, like. Uh, Pokemon Trainer counts as three different sure, ones yeah. and that sort of thing. So I was further along than I thought I was. Um, I think I'm going to get the DLC characters, which I wasn't sure about yeah. before. But uh, I wish you were able to, you were like forced to unlock them in the same way that you are the rest of the roster. Yes. Like I, I wish yeah. they, even though you're paying for it, I wish they weren't just like gifted to you and just that showed you up. Still had to at least challenge them. I think so because that's kind of been like my favorite part of the game so far. Yeah. Is just slowly unlocking characters and having to challenge them. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, uh, you know, we're not going to get all five of them at the same time. It'll be like two months. Here's a character. Two months. Here's a character. Two months. Maybe more. Yeah, I just like the like. Um, challenger approach like I, I like the whole thing yeah i like the presentation i'm all the about pageantry spectacle. is fun yes yeah. <laughs> um how so who was who was the last character for you to unlock who was the last character um it was was it palutena for you i feel like that is a, a common experience for people it might have been palutena it might have been Pal- she was definitely one of the last one ones. of the later so ones. it was like dr mario dr mario was late yeah um I'm trying to... Yeah, it might have been Palutena. It obviously did not particularly stick with me. Right. You weren't like, finally I can play as Palutena. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, also, obviously, we've been playing uh, some of these retro games for our upcoming retro ep- episodes. Um, but we'll talk about those when, when the time comes. Other than uh, I just want to me- quick- quickly mention uh, that I picked up uh, Mario Land 2 uh, Six Golden Coins uh, last night. And um, I'm already having a blast with that game. I think it's really fun. (laughs) Um, All right. So that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. All right. Today, January 29th, Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy is being released on Switch. So this is a GameCube game that THQ Nordic is re-releasing on the Switch. I feel like this is an odd choice i mean that's what thq nordic is though right is an odd choice (laughs) i mean 
Very fair. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to look this up. Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy. I didn't do any research here. Hmm. Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, I, I'm seeing like a weird looking pharaoh. Yeah, it just kind of looks like one of those uh, bargain bin GameCube games. I'm I'm a little bit baffled why this is being brought back, but you know it is. Um, is it not coming to the the uh, shop digitally? I think it is. I think okay. it's both. All right. Weird. And what? No, just oh, a, just weird. Just, just weird. Yeah, Sphinx just weird. The Mummy. I don't. Know. That's that's very strange. Uh, and then on February first, Wargroove is coming out. I was just asking about this game and saying, Wargroove, where are you? And then I was also saying, hey, we can see the Wargroove like uh, emblem or icon, whatever you want to call it, uh, on, on the Switch, on their Twitter. And when is this game coming? Is it coming soon? Mark, it's coming soon. It's coming on Friday. Very soon. Uh, I'm, I am very excited for this. This is going to be a day one purchase for me. I'm going to play me some Wargroove. We're going to get into a little bit more talk about Wargroove later in the show, so I will withhold any further comment. And then also just want to point, uh, call out that on Monday, February 4th, Super Mario Maker for Nintendo 3DS, The Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask 3D, and Star Fox 64 3D all become Nintendo Selects. You can pick them up for $19.99 here in the States, in-store, and on the eShop. And those are all games worth playing. Yeah, I think I'm going to pick up Majora's Mask 3D. If not on Monday, definitely soon. Definitely sometime. <laughs> Um, all right, uh, so th those are the new releases. Um, Mark, let's close out this segment. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Um, today, Mark, we are, uh, we've got a question. And the question is, what is the spiciest thing you've ever eaten? Um, oh, uh, very quickly, before yes. we get into the specifics, yes. what is your spice tolerance in general? So I would say that my, like, uh, my base spice tolerance is like fairly high. Um, if we're having like, I don't eat chicken, but if I'm in a like chicken wings like scenario where there's like you know hot dipping sauces of any kind, or if I'm in like any kind of chain restaurant, like I'll have it as spicy as they can do it, and that's that's all like fine for me. Um, where like it goes into the like challengingly spicy, I tap out almost immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, anything, any food that is like trying to hurt me, I have an adversarial relationship with, which I feel like is totally uh, warranted. Totally warranted. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about you? Uh, I about the same. I really enjoy spicy food, but it has to be spicy with a purpose. Yes, like yeah. there has to be like flavor involved. It can't just be all burn. Right, 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 right. Uh, so with, with that out of the way, uh, do you have something that sticks out in your head as the spiciest thing you've ever eaten? There was a, uh, like, green curry. What was it called? I can't remember specifically, but, like, at a Thai restaurant on uh, Sunset. Uh, at Jitlada? Yes, at Jitlada. Yes. And um, that is probably the spiciest thing I've ever eaten. But it was on a date. And mm. I was trying to look cool. No, you were not. <laughs> and so, uh, 
<laughs> like, is, what so, was it? Was it so? Uh, uh, Jitlada is a, a, a great, um, like, very well regarded uh, Thai restaurant in in LA. Um, it was one of like Jonathan Gold's, like, you know, uh, special little spots in Los Angeles. Is that um, what they were called? No, <laughs> no, no. I obviously couldn't come up with it, and my mind was like, just riff something; it'll be good. And I said, special little spots. I kind of like it. Uh, but they they are. The food there is famously spicy. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Matt Groening, I guess, used to go to that place all the time, and he left like drawings of um, like Bart Simpson and like Life and uh, Life is Hell characters um, with like their tongues all like wavy and like hot lines coming out of their. There mouths. are Matt Groening drawings all everywhere. Over this restaurant, <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah. So on a date, trying to be like, uh, who me? I like spicy things. Uh huh. And then you know, trying to eat it and then being like. Are you okay? Is it too spicy? You're just like sweating. Yes, yes. <laughs> Can't have enough water. <laughs> and you're just like trying to play it off as cool. Um, Not cool. Uh, do you, so. Do you, do you remember what it was? Because there's no. I can't remember what it, it was. A special. It wasn't something that was mm. like. It, it it is there regularly, but it's not like it wasn't just like a green curry, right? It what, was. What was it? The the southern curry because the southern curry Maybe. is so hot. I remember there was a time that you, me, and our friend Chuck got food uh, got food from there, and he got uh, it was maybe even like a special version of the Southern Curry. And Chuck's got like an iron stomach, and he 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 likes uh, spicy food, and so he was like, "I got this, no problem." But he, uh, you know, turned like bright red and was just sweating all over everywhere. It was too much. It was too spicy even for him. It's too I th- much, I believe. How about you? Um, no, I mean that's I. I'm going to be boring and say also uh, curry from Jitlada. This has just turned into you and me talking about Jitlada, <laughs> which which uh, I, I enjoy. I'm trying to think if there's anything like else from another like period in my life where I ate something spicy, but like I don't really seek that out. And if like someone dares me to like have something spicy, I'm I'm not going to. Right. Um, did you ever eat like? Uh, those really like sour can like those like dangerously sour candies like when you warheads uh yeah like when there were like the atomic warheads yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. uh i regularly used to eat so many of those that there's like a warning on the package the stuff that makes them sour is really acidic and mm. it like will burn your tongue in the roof of your mouth oh my god and i would eat so many of them that regularly that would happen to me and so I- anything you eat afterwards, like, irritates it. Oh, no. And doesn't taste correctly because you have burned your taste buds off of your tongue. See, this is what I'm saying. Why are we doing this? I still love Atomic Warheads. <laughs> uh, and well, I, I, You're I tr- a sour candy boy. I am. But right. I try not to eat candy in general uh, because once I eat one, I, like, fall down into that well. Right. It's, it's, I'm like a Pringles commercial, you know. Once you yeah, pop, once you I pop. can't stop. Right, that's right. Um... And so I don't eat them anymore. But oh well. Well, I guess I guess, we'll never... I guess we will never know. We were accompanied today by the K two Orchestra. Um, all right, Mark. Let's get into the news. I'm just gonna drink some water. All this talk of spicy food. Last Friday, Nintendo posted a video to their official YouTube channel, giving a status update on Metroid Prime Four. In the video, Nintendo's general manager of planning and development, Shinya Takahashi, announced that development on the game has not been going as planned and that the project would be rebooted from scratch, this time with Retro Studios at the helm. 
Huge news. Uh, very little pomp and circumstance around this announcement. There's a video. There's a man standing in front of a white screen apologizing. Yeah. <laughs> um, which and it's not like uh, it's not like a normal like Nintendo brand ambassador or someone that they normally put out to like get us hyped up about something. It is very much you know dad's coming into the room to shut everything down. Yeah. Uh, Shinya Takahashi is very high up at Nintendo at this point. Yeah. But but uh, is isn't uh, you know it's not like Koizumi or uh, you know Mr Miyamoto or, or someone that you put out front because you're like we've got a Mario game on iPhone right this is someone coming into like I'm about to be a bummer here's the bummer and it is, it is a little bit of a bummer so the game was revealed with just a title in E3 2017 that's correct and we haven't heard anything about it since there have been rumors that popped up. Um, Eurogamer had previously reported that Bandai Namco Singapore and their uh, Bandai Namco Japan studio were both helping with the game, but we never had an official announcement of who was developing it. Yeah. Um, we knew like Retro wasn't on it, but other than that, it was all kind of up in the air. I don't know. Uh, there's kind of a lot to talk about here. So um, as a follow-up to this, like after the video was posted, reports began to surface that shed some additional light on the situation. According to Game Informer senior editor Imran Khan, he was posting on Twitter, and he said that Nintendo had split the development between multiple studios around the world. Sure, so that's where the uh, Bandai Namco Singapore uh, like feeds into what you were talking right. about. Right, yeah. and those were just like two of an unknown number that yeah. were working on it. And apparently development was going well in some studios, but in other parts, they were really struggling. Hmm. And before the Game Awards in December, there were lots of rumors that we even talked about that Nintendo planned to show off a first look at Metroid Prime 4 there, but it it, ne- it didn't never happened. Yeah. And so some of the speculation is that the game maybe missed a milestone in late November, early December, and that's when they d- decided to go ahead and reboot it. And so that's why there were lots of rumors that it was going to show up at uh, the Game Awards because that was the plan. But then when it didn't come together as they expected, then everything got put on ice. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It would also sort of explain, I think, why uh, we haven't really or, you know, could be a part of like a, a contributing factor to why we haven't seen a Nintendo Direct yet this year um, that maybe Metroid Prime 4 would have been a big part or at least a part of that to be like, Here, here's some stuff we're working on, or here's what it looks like. Yeah, I, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure because I guess if it's at the Game Awards, it would be a little redundant too. Especially because my, again, this is pure speculation. Guess is that Metro Prime Four was not intended to be a 2019 title. Yeah, and I also, uh, I there there was never been anywhere that has suggested 2019 and I think people that have been expecting it to come out this year are uh I think that's some some wishful thinking. I think so too. There uh are rumors that a Metroid Prime trilogy is done and in the can like for Switch mm-hmm. is ready to go and that it was also supposed to be revealed in December maybe at the Game Awards. Yeah. And was planned or is still planned for release sometime this year. Um, Which, again, is part of the reason why I don't think that Metroid Prime 4 
if that is true, Metro Prime 4 was not intended for 2019, because that's way too much Metroid Prime in one year. That's a lot of Metroid Prime in one year. And it doesn't seem like that doesn't seem like a smart release strategy that you would want to put it out like a, a, a year in advance, maybe even more. Yeah, like Bay- it'd be like if Bayonetta 1 and 2 yeah. came out for the Switch in February last year, and then in like September or October, they released Bayonetta 3. It's yeah. just too much Bayonetta. Right, because the people who want to play new Bayonetta will are just like, okay, I'll, I'll wait for the new one. Or other people will be like, oh, yeah, cool, I'm excited about Bayonetta, I'll get the old ones, and then they will have played through two games and be like, I'm good for a while. You don't need that much Bayonetta. Yeah, you really don't, and you definitely don't need that much Metroid Prime. Um, I also, do, like... I still, I know that there are rumors that uh, the collection has been done for a while. Um, I still don't know. Like, there's so much reworking that has to go in to making uh, Prime Trilogy work on Switch. Uh, because you have to up it to HD. Um, you have to use the widescreen versions, which is fine. Those are from, from the Wii. Uh, but you can't use the motion control versions. Because the Switch isn't set up the same way as the Wii is. So it has to be some weird amalgamation of the original versions with their original control schemes, plus Metroid Prime 3 with the uh, control scheme of the original, or some weird new uh, third control scheme, plus all up to HD. Yeah, no, it definitely does seem like... Plus a- you're going to put Hunters and Pinball on there. <laughs> it does seem like a project. Yeah. But... Uh, it, oh my it, god, if Metroid Prime Pinball is part of this collection, I'll be so happy. That'd be amazing. An HD, <laughs> 1080p, 60 frames per second, Metroid Prime Pinball. That's right. Online leaderboards. So, I guess the uh, response to this has been very interesting to me. People are obviously disappointed. Yeah. Uh, but the general reaction is very very positive yeah that people are just like okay don't give me a bad metroid prime game yeah because that, that's basically all they're telling us right now is right. like it'll it, you still don't know when this game is coming out it's still a long time from now um and it won't be a version that we're not happy with because if they did this once they'll do it again yeah and takahashi is very straightforward in the video uh he's, yeah. he's like unfortunately this means i don't know when we're going to talk about this game again yeah it's going to be a while because we're starting from the very beginning, I feel like it's... So people are obviously disappointed, but they're not angry. Yeah. Which is unusual for the internet. Yeah, and the internet does not often know disappointment without also knowing anger. But I think that everybody appreciates the forthrightness mm-hmm. of this. And totally. I, I think this just shows where we're really at a point with fandom that we... that fans appreciate the communication because all we want is reassurance yes you know like all uh, genuinely all we want is somebody to be like we care we know you care and so this is what's going on right and i mean part of the part of what he says in the video is like we know that this is an important series to pe- that the metroid games are important to you and that the prime games in particular are that there are fans to whom this game and this series are very important, and we know and we're sorry, we want to make the game good. Which is, of course, all you want as well. So, yeah, it, it seems like Nintendo's doing right. I think where like, the tension comes in for these companies is there's also multi-million dollar marketing plans Absolutely, that they're trying to meter out information at a very specific time. And so 
they want to communicate with fans, but they also need to stick to this marketing schedule or they're worried that something they're working on just will never come to fruition because i'm sure that happens a bunch that there are you, you can even look like back into the history of metroid like metroid dread was a game that you know what was rumored for such a long time and we you know assume was something that was well on its way and then was also uh canceled mid-development so like yeah that that does happen and you know this game going from wherever it was in development to retro studios means all of those people that were working on prime four are either working on something else or not employed by Nintendo to make a game right now. So like, it's a big thing that affects a lot of people's lives. And, you know, if it means that we've got to wait a little bit longer for what will be a better game, you know, it's, uh, there's very little room for us to complain. I think. I think on the other side of this is the reaction we saw when Diablo four was not announced yeah. and like that Diablo mobile game was yeah like that that was a situation where if Blizzard had just done a Metroid Prime 4 and shown a logo and yeah. said hey we're also working on this people would have been totally fine yeah you know they wouldn't have been so upset at the mobile title uh so yeah it's kind of a it's a weird line for these companies to try to tow yeah but I, I think but always, Nintendo did right yeah. here always kind of favoring uh communicate as much as you can because we appreciate it yeah absolutely so the uh the part that we haven't talked that much about is retro Retro. studios uh based in austin texas is going to be developing metroid prime again so uh, (laughs) which great that makes perfect sense let me ask you this they did not do the um porting of tropical freeze to switch right unknown i don't i don't think we know i i don't really think we know exactly what retro has been working on for a really long time now yeah well i guess that's my point is that uh i guess even if they did port tropical freeze over to switch that can't possibly have been like their whole team and the only thing they've done over the last six years Mm -hmm. so like i would guess that this means that they've got an, another project ready to launch and ready to launch soon. Yeah. the There were, of course, the rumors that they have been working on a Star Fox racer yeah. that is also maybe a spiritual successor to F-Zero. Mark, you're just saying all the right... All, you're just saying everything <laughs> I mean, buzzwords. right. Buzzwords. Right. Um, <laughs> Retro Studio, Star Fox, F-Zero. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I Do mean, you know Ted, the TED Talk organization does not pay their speakers. Really? Really? Maybe it's like a... Super- Welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> Maybe it's like a Super Bowl halftime situation where... They pay you an exposure? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Are you telling me that the Super Bowl halftime show act doesn't get paid? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is that just because like they can't or so uh pep or currently pepsi is the sponsor of the halftime show so technically they are the ones who are in charge of producing it okay and my understanding yeah is that the halftime acts i'm sure they potentially could get paid but i pepsi does no as far as i know half uh halftime acts do not get get paid but they get all the pepsi they can drink right (laughs) i mean a lifetime (laughs) supply for sure Plus, they get to go to the Super Bowl, so, you know, like, that's not nothing. Yeah, and you have to work for, what, 20 minutes? And then you can just enjoy the Super Bowl? Cry me a river, whoever's doing it this year. Um, yeah, so, Star Fox. Oh, right. A racing game. <laughs> right. 
it could be another thing. Wasn't there? There were also rumors about like a a about retro working on a uh, like unnamed new sci-fi IP. Yeah. So um, the latest, the buzz, Ooh. as far as I can glean, is that retro had been working on two ti- two titles for a long time, and one of them has potentially been canceled, mm. or like was canceled at some point. Right. And then this Star Fox racing game, they are are slash were working on is the rumor so it and then maybe they're they were porting metroid prime trilogy as well sure maybe working on other projects for nintendo we know at one point they were like also working on one of the mario kart games that has already been released like they have also done work on i think other like titles here and there so they've been doing their good work they're a little bit of like a utility player um but it, so it wouldn't surprise me if that Star Fox game, whatever whatever Retro's been working on, is winding down, and then this Metroid Prime Four, which apparently they did a pitch for, is how they got it. Mm-hmm. Because uh, even though Retro Studios is an entity was responsible for developing the first three Metroid Prime games, basically everyone who developed those games is long gone from Retro. Right. A lot of those guys went over to Halo, right? Some uh, did they? I know they yeah. also. I think some of them opened their own studio, Armature or something. That oh yes, yes. Made that. Uh, uh, by all accounts, bad. I haven't played it. Um, Arkham, Batman, Arkham game for 3DS. Oh, uh, the it was uh, like a Metroidvania type thing from Blackgate. I think so. Yeah. Um. So yeah, th- apparently that's how they got Metroid Prime Four. Is they made a pitch for it. They sold Nintendo on their involvement. And now the project is back at Retro Studios. Yeah, and I mean, you know, obviously, it, I don't think you really need to make a case for why Retro is the the right studio to be making um, a, a new Metroid Prime game, because they obviously have experience making, like, five other Metroid Prime games, including Metroid Prime Pinball, which better be on this collection. Um, but one of the things that I think is so special about Metroid is its ability to uh, tell story passively through what's happening in, in the backgrounds. And uh, Tropical Freeze is like a uh, excellent example of that. You can see how the various worlds like feed into each other, and like everything makes sense. Um, it just it, it seems like they are doing all of the great things that Metroid does uh, in other games already. Like let's yeah, just give it back to them. Let them let them let them go hog wild. As far as other Metroid projects that are in the works right now. Uh, it sounds like, again, based on what people are saying online, that Mercury Steam, after the um, reception of, I always get it backwards, Samus Returns, Return of Samus. Samus Returns is is the remake. Is the 3DS one. Yeah. That they are working on another Metroid project. And the end of Samus Returns kind of sets itself up for a direct sequel. Yeah, it's called Super Metroid. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> chronologically that that is great point. That's what happens. It's a really solid after. point. I mean, it, what I would love to see uh, is uh, Metroid Five, baby. Um, we've never the series has never gone past uh, Fusion. That's as far in time forward as it's ever gone, uh, and that was like over a decade ago. So, like, let's let's keep moving forward in time. Do you think that this has any implications for Nintendo's 2019? Um. Again, no, not, I guess not really, because I, I, w- I was not thinking of this as a 2019 game. And uh, I don't think it makes sense for them to hold, if they do in fact have a Prime Trilogy collection, um, I don't think it makes any sense to like hold that for 
one year before they're ready to release the the next one like just put it out now. We'll be excited for it. We'll be excited for it whenever it comes out. It's three whole games. Yeah. You could play one a year. Look, it better be four whole games <laughs> with Metroid Prime Pinball or I'm not picking it up. What if they also put uh, Hunters and Federation Force on there? I would love that. I would love <laughs> if it's just Hunters, Federation Force, <laughs> and Pinball. And everybody, it's like one of those like game of telephone where right, people are like right. oh i've heard they're working on a trilogy but it's not the trilogy everybody right. thinks it and is they just call it metroid prime trilogy 2 <laughs> that'd they, be great they I, could also include the multiplayer part of metroid prime 2 they could also do that yeah i mean i i would absolutely buy a copy because it would be <laughs> so hilarious if they do that we'll let's give away copies on this show 100 percent share the beauty of the you world. hear that retro and nintendo you put out a metroid prime trilogy 2 on switch and mark and i will buy copies just to give out to our listeners absolutely uh do you think it's going to affect their 2019 at all no i think you're right that uh metroid prime 4 was not a 2019 title i think that makes sense again if they were planning on releasing the trilogy this year that'd be way too much metroid prime um yeah yeah so just let just give it to us this year anyway we'll be great Last week, the Nintendo UK YouTube page had a special Nindy Highlights presentation that showed off a bunch of new or newish indie games coming to Switch. Uh, yeah, this thing was cool. Did you get a chance to watch it, Mark? I did. It was a little weird to me because I'm so used to the Nintendo of America presentations that having this like perky British lady, yeah, reading it was a was a new experience for me. Yeah, and you know, with without having the uh, the face of uh, of the the Nindies, Damon Baker, who has moved on from Nintendo, he's working for Xbox now. I saw that. that. Yeah, it's um, a good get for them. That is that is a very good get for them. They're gathering little pieces. Xbox is going to be something uh, in in years coming up here, but um, yeah, uh, it, it it's not really like a blow you away kind of presentation, but they do show off some um, kind of cool indie games, including uh, Wargroove, um, which is out this Friday. Uh, we previously did not have a release date, uh, and uh, they showed off like a uh, an animated cinematic trailer. Um, the game, of course, is a uh, turn based strategy uh, game in the style of like Advanced Wars or Fire Emblem, um, but they talked just a little bit more about multiplayer, both online and local, and creation tools. So you can make your own levels, you can make your own campaigns and cutscenes. Yeah, that's crazy. What does that mean? You can make your own cutscenes. That's incredible. That sounds super fun. Um, comes out this Friday. Like you know, I said earlier in the episode, that's going to be a, a day one purchase for me. I'm really excited to see if people make uh, a bunch of cool like campaigns and levels and stuff it's evidently uh cross play with um uh with xbox and oh, pc versions of it so um yeah it's it, it seems like this thing is coming we've had to wait a little bit for it but it is coming out full featured and with just so much stuff and for some reason i thought that this was a game that had already been released on other platforms mm -hmm. and we were just waiting for the switch version but it's all launching together all launching at the same time yeah very cool um uh, i'll just run through the uh, the rest of the games here there's a uh, double kick heroes which is a heavy metal action rhythm game um so you're a bunch of dudes in the back of a pickup truck uh playing heavy metal uh and you're destroying um you're fighting weird monsters um i saw zombies chickens dinosaurs octopus tanks and the kkk they're all among the bad guys um there are over 30 original songs and a bunch of um licensed tracks from uh metal bands it's coming to Switch first in summer 2019, uh, and you can do, like, air drum uh, controls for it. So, you know, like playing Taiko Drum Master or any sort of uh, 
drumming rhythm game. But you're killing zombies. So that's fun. Um, when ski lifts go wrong, uh, which is like a, a, a bridge builder kind of game. Uh, you ever get into those? No. Is it like a physics puzzler a little bit? Yeah, a little bit like a physics puzzler. It seems a little outside of um, what, what I'm into. Forager uh, is a top-down... Uh, open world resource gathering kind of game looks like uh the original zelda meets stardew valley um does does this one tickle your interest at all I know it looks interesting stardew valley guy yeah um and then uh also goat simulator the g-o-a-t-y um so the g- greatest of all time year i don't know i don't know what g-o-a-t-y <laughs> i don't i don't know if it stands for anything they they call the goat simulator the goatee well yeah i mean who knows no one knows. Uh, goat Simulator is uh, a, a curious game. Uh, anyway, uh, where you just control a goat and you move around in like a, a environment with physics and like weird stuff happens. It's a famously glitchy game, um, but this version that's coming to Switch this year uh, includes all of the previously released uh, DLC. Unruly Heroes is a four-player action platformer. Um, that one's available now. Crosscode is a 16-bit top-down action RPG. That kind of looks like a like snappier, more action-focused uh, version of um, Secret of Mana or Secret of Evermore, which are games that I uh, both like a, a lot. It's coming to 2019. Um, they're coming in 2019 with a, quote, whole host of exclusive content. Um, and then the last thing that they showed off uh, was SteamWorld Quest, Hand of Gilgamesh, which is a, a SteamWorld game in the, the world of SteamWorld. Um, but it is a an RPG where you use cards to uh, execute attacks and moves and uh, stuff like that. So you build your deck and then use it to um, fight, uh, which is pretty cool. We both played Steam World Dig Two, um, and that's a good game. Uh, so this may also be a good game. Uh, <laughs> uh, any of these of interest to you, Mark? I uh, I'm a little bit wait and see. On all of them. But yeah, I mean, a lot of this stuff looked cool. Yep. Nintendo had previously previously announced that Splatoon 2 would stop receiving updates at the end of 2018. But turns out maybe that's not the case. <laughs> at the Splatoon Co- uh, Coition 2019 tournament last week, Nintendo revealed that more weapons are coming soon. They also said they were planning another update, but didn't tease any more details about that. They'll also be releasing a demo version of the game, at least in Japan, accessible March 26th to April 1st. No word on if the demo will be released outside of Japan. And when are we getting a new ARMS character? Uh, yeah, that one, I think they are done done. They are good to, they are good to their word uh, on, on that one. Yeah, um, I guess it's not really a surprise to me that uh, even though they said they were done supporting Splatoon 2, that they will keep adding to it. Because the game is still like a phenomenon, and people are still actively playing it a bunch. Yeah, and uh, I think... It seems to be like a consistent seller in the U.S. Yeah. So, um, even though the game has been out for uh like eighteen months at this point, especially with as big of a Christmas as the Switch mm-hmm. just had, mm-hmm. um, there still have to be a lot of new people who are coming to Splatoon Two. Yeah. Well, I wonder if there's also like if it is lifted by the success of Fortnite that people want a game that is like similar to it but different enough that it's it's not um and splatoon and fortnite have a lot of i feel like they have a lot of things in common that you just go on play a couple matches uh you know a third person shooter with like cartoony aesthetics like 
you know, it, it's it's a, a short jump from one to the other. A poster on Reddit shared an image showing new amiibo for the Super Smash Brothers line. They include Pokemon Trainer, Snake, Ivysaur, Squirtle, Dark Samus, Krom, Simon, and Richter. The image is purported to come from the Japanese Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Guide. Um, so I have not seen this poster yet, but you're telling me that the Pokemon Trainer, Ivysaur, and Squirtle are all different amiibos? <laughs> that's that's what they're telling me. Because, I mean, obviously the Charizard is its own amiibo already because he was alone in um, Smash 4 mm-hmm. and by himself uh, and was just an amiibo. Uh, but if they're making the other two Pokemon of the Pokemon Trainer and the Pokemon Trainer itself, you could have four Pokemon for this one character, four Amiibo for this one character. I kind of like the idea of the Pokemon Trainer one. That sounds fun. So does Dark Samus for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, I, I just like the uh, the Metroid Amiibo. Um, I'm trying to not as obsessively buy all of them uh, going forward, but I will get Dark Samus. I feel like that is a, uh, that is a no-brainer for me. Also, Snake, yes. Yes. Simon and Richter, fun, right? But for your sake, Patrick, I hope these are fake. Oh, th- thank you. You're welcome. They would also bring me happiness. You know this, right? Okay, well then, in that case, I hope whatever brings you the most happiness turns out to be true. Uh, well, in that case... The sun will come out <laughs> tomorrow. I was going to say uh, Metroid Prime Pinball, of course. Speaking of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, which we were just oh. doing, mm-hmm. January 31st is the last day to register the game with my Nintendo so you can pick up your free Piranha Plant DLC. Yes. So if you bought this game digitally or physically, either way, you have to redeem this code to get your Piranha Plant. Is, mm, is that I not think correct? If you bought it physically, it just happens. Because Physically or digitally? Sorry, digitally, it just happens as long as you're like, signed in oh no you're right you still have to you're go. right you because still they sent the you an email right you're right so if you buy the game digitally they sent you an email if you buy the game physically and you register it they send you an email yeah that makes sense either way you need to find this email look through your emails for nintendo piranha plant um and if you're not me or mark always sending each other emails about the <laughs> piranha plant uh, you'll be able to find it pretty easily and then you enter in the the code there into the Nintendo, you know, eShop, the Switch eShop, um, and then you will get the Piranha Plant when when it unlocks in February. Um, otherwise, we're not really clear on what the path is for getting it if you don't get it as part of this, like, early adopter. Yeah, does program. it just become regular DLC? Like, do you have to buy it? He's not part of the uh, Five Fighter DLC mm. pack. So if you spent the 20 bucks to download the other characters, he's not part of that. Uh, will they make him available separately as his own thing? Maybe. We don't know. He may be coming very soon because uh, there's a news update in the game saying that version 2.0.0 of the game will be coming sometime in the next few days. Okay. And uh, We were told February, right? Right, okay. which Friday is February 1st. That's right. Uh, Wargroove Day, baby. They're, they also warn you to convert any replay videos you may have or any, yeah, any replays you may have to videos now, because once you update to version 2.0.0, uh, live replays created in previous versions become inaccessible. What a weird, what a weird little <laughs> bug there. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll finally see that Smash World feature that was teased Great or like point. promised. Um, it's supposed to be like a 
kind of like Splatnet type feature for uh, the Nintendo Switch Online app. Right, but that's uh, Smash focused, and they they also kind like of like one, video sharing. Yeah, well, and so maybe that's why uh, videos from before this mm. update won't won't be accessible. That's what they were pushing. They were like, this is not a stats driven. It's not going to be like you won this many fights or you won this. It's a way to share the funny and exciting moments that you had with other people, and not a way of just saying, yeah, I played for a hundred hours and you know won a bunch of fights. Finally, yesterday Nintendo released Switch update version 7.0.0 includes six new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe user icons. That's uh, six new new, new Super, Super Mario Brothers, Brothers U Deluxe. Deluxe user icons. And the home menu language it now supports Chinese, Korean, and Taiwanese. That's nice. Uh, what is your icon at present? It's is it still KK Slider? No, it's uh, Goomba with a mustache. Goomba from, with a mustache. Uh, Odyssey. Um, I'm uh, I'm currently rocking a me. Um, but you know maybe I want to change over to Nabbit. Maybe I want to be Nabbit. Maybe I want to be uh, Toadette. Maybe I want to be uh, Peachette. Maybe I want to be the Blue Toad. I don't think that's right. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Mark. Let's get out of the news. And that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you would please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, all of that helps us out tremendously. If you like this episode, uh, you could share it with your friends or on social networking platforms or wherever you can share anything. Are you on a park bench? You can turn to the person next to you and say, hey, do you like Nintendo? And before they can finish saying, who are you and why are you talking to me? You put your earbuds into their ears and uh, push play on your favorite episode. This one, maybe. Who knows? That helps us out a lot. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. You can check out the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of 8 Betty's music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers uncanceling this episode. We're taking it back from retro. So that they can have more time to make Metroid Prime pinball. Thank you for listening. Campfire.